It's saying, I'm going to honor what's going on in my life. It's not going to be the guide. It's not going to be the leader, but I get to walk with Christ through what I'm experiencing because that is really, I feel like the road to healing to where we don't shove down to where we can have healthy relationship, healthy communication. But I know it takes a lot of humility as well to walk that out. Hi friends, it's Brittany Moses, and you're listening to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast, the podcast at the intersection of faith, culture, and mental health, where we get to dive into expert insights and the realities of those with lived experience to help us live more insightful, connected, and wholehearted lives. We understand that the views shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from a clinician or provider and is ours to discern. So sit with us. You're listening to episode 60. Guys, the holidays are here, and I have to admit, this is my favorite time of the year. And this year, I was able to celebrate a little early by sitting in on the filming of BYU TV's annual Christmas Under the Stars concert, featuring one of my favorite Christmas artists, Pentatonix. I don't know about you, but I listen to their Christmas albums every year. But let me tell you, I still have chills from this concert. And trust me, you don't want to miss it. So the Pentatonix Christmas concert will be airing live on December 5th at 4 p.m. Pacific time, and then again on demand at 6 p.m. Pacific. So save it in your calendar, December 5th. Get in your winter PJs, cozy up with some hot chocolate with family or friends. Definitely add it to your Christmas bucket list this year. And down Download the BYU TV app to watch Christmas Under the Stars for free. I'll include all the details and links for you in the show notes as usual, and I'll be watching it again with friends because it was that good, and I have a feeling you'll enjoy it too. So no matter where you find yourself this holiday season, I hope this will bring you some holiday cheer. This podcast episode is brought to you by UHSM HealthShare, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current healthcare, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.uhsm.com. UHSM.com. Hello, friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast and happy holiday season. I think that today's episode is going to be rather fitting. We're talking all about processing emotions through a practical and biblical lens. This is necessary, I feel like, for every day of our lives, but specifically, the holidays can be stressful, am I right? Family can be stressful, am I right? Conversations at the table can be something else. And this is a perfect time to be talking about how to process our emotions in a healthy and biblical way, amen. So I'm talking all about this with my good friend, Jessica Hoddle, and we are having an honest conversation about what it means to honor your feelings through a biblical lens finding the balance of living with our faith and our feelings, 
and the historical context of our ideology around emotions into church language to date and how we can partner with God in our emotional health. I think Jessica and I both agree this is one of our favorite things to talk about. And if you're not familiar with Jessica, Jessica Hoddle is a faith-based fitness coach, podcast host, best-selling author and speaker with a heart for teaching women on how to dismantle the lies that keep them from healing and wholeness. She is the author of Own Your Worth, A Worthy Life, and Know Your Worth, and the host of What's the Truth, a show where she challenges the way her listeners think so they can change the way they live. Her writing has been featured by She Works His Way, Cross Training Couture, and Revelation Wellness. When she isn't writing, speaking, or coaching, you can find her enjoying time with her husband, John, being a mama to her three cats and spending her free time outside whenever she can. Jessica is awesome, and I think this conversation was such a great and honest breakdown of where faith meets feelings and being able to move through and live with our emotions in a validating uh, kind of awareness while still having grounding in faith and biblical truth. And I just, I respect that so much. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jessica. Hey guys, welcome back to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast. So glad you're joining us. I have our special guest, Jessica Hoddle, here today, and we're talking all about processing emotions through a biblical lens and just having a healthy relationship with emotions, which is what we're all about here. But first, Jessica, how are you? I am wonderful. The sun is out here in Pennsylvania, and so I'm pretty excited because if you live, you know, over here on the East Coast, you get all the seasons. So Which is nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little jealous. Yeah, we in California, we don't really get seasons. I mean, we get great weather, but like that's why I just decor overboard for fall inside my place because it's as seasonal as it's going to get for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I mean, I love it. So I try to get outside as much as I can, especially now in like October. It's just beautiful. Oh, I love it. And one of the ways that we've connected is that we both have this love of this intersection of faith and mental health, as well as emotional health, which we're talking about today. And we connected on Instagram and just speak in the same love language over here. But I would love to introduce you to those who maybe haven't heard of you. If you could let us know a little bit about yourself and what led to the work that you've been doing around mental, emotional health and faith. Yeah. Well, I guess just going back to really just the beginning of when I was born and I think I entered the world in fight or flight and I don't know much of my parents' history, but I knew before, you know, my dad was an alcoholic and he was a smoker. So I only, you know, my very few memories in the, like maybe when I was eight or seven, I can remember physical abuse happening. And so I can only imagine that it was also happening Mm -hmm. before I was born and in the womb, which nervous system, we know that it just transfers. And so I really grew up in this home where, you know, you didn't hear the common phrases. You didn't hear really, I love you. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I'm for you. How can we get through this? There was a lot of figuring things out for myself. There was a lot of manipulation. There was a lot of what seemed to be love, but was really an exchange. You know, I did this for you. Now you need to do this for me because that's just the way that love is. And transactional. Yes. And I grew up thinking that what is what it was. And, 
you know, through healing, I've been able to, you know, I think my parents did the best that they could with their knowledge and their own pain. I want to say, because obviously their marriage was, was very rough and, and shaky. And so my husband, or my husband, my dad and um, my mom, they were both either physical or emotional abuse. And then my brother and I, we kind of took to our own outlets. You know, my brother did drugs and alcohol, and I kind of just turned to men at a young age. And I really did that through my entire high school and just really reaching for something to something or someone to feel love seen and heard. And, you know, of course when I'm, you know, 13, 14, up to 18, even in my twenties, I didn't know that's what I was doing, but now on the other side, um, that's why I get really passionate now because, you know, in my twenties is when I really began the journey of, I don't have to blame them anymore for my life or my pain. I get to choose to heal. And that's really what kind of catapulted to where I am today. Wow. Thank you so much for allowing us into your story and for sharing that so vulnerably and honestly. I'm sure that there are others who are listening who relate similarly, you know, and I mean, thank God that I mean, in your 20s, I mean, same for me, it was like my 20s where you have that realization of how everything is kind of contributed to the patterns and tendencies that you've had up to this moment that you want to change. And that's how cycles are broken, um, right? And it's like when you're a teenager, when you're a young adult, really nobody has really taught you how to manage, label, sort through this emotional life that really undercurrents so much of our choices and our thoughts. Um, And so you talk a lot about uh, managing emotions and honoring your feelings through a biblical lens, which when you add the whole faith component, that's a whole other aspect, right? Like where does the Bible meet emotions? And I'm curious, what does it look like or what does that mean to you, honoring your feelings through a biblical lens? I just really love talking about this. It's really my passion point because when I wrote, when I wrote my new book, face off with your feelings, I really had this hard time with both sides. One side saying it's okay to feel, just feel your feelings and it's okay to just not be okay all the time. And I was like, that's not, that's not okay either, you know? And then Mm -hmm. the other side was, well, feelings are bad and you shouldn't listen to your feelings and, you know, just you shouldn't have feelings at all, you know? And and so it was this extreme, you know, like, yeah, feelings should not be our leader or a dictator, but we can't keep suppressing them just because we know that they're not all, I don't want to say even good or bad, but they don't lead us in a healthy way. Let's put it that way. And so I wanted to come in and be like, how can we build this bridge to where we stop making people feel bad for their feelings and emotions And on the other side, not keeping them in their emotions, but actually help them manage their emotions in that middle where it's, they actually feel confident and courage and to be able to go to God and just be like, Hey, I am feeling frustrated. How can we work this out? Or being able to talk to a friend and build that trust with somebody or whoever that is to where they can be honest and not feel like somebody's out to fix them or put a faith bandaid on it, you know? And so that's where I get really passionate about is 
I know what it's like when somebody comes in and just tells me, well, there's more fish in the sea and God has something better and bigger. And it's yes, those, those are, we know those are truths, right? But in those moments, we don't really want somebody to come in and try to fix us. We just want to say, man, I feel sad today. And then you can just continue to speak to their identity. Right. And so that's why I feel like honoring our feelings is it's saying, I'm going to honor what's going on in my life. It's not going to be the guide. It's not going to be the leader, but I get to walk with Christ through what I'm experiencing, because that is really, I feel like the road to healing to where we don't shove down to where we can have healthy relationship, healthy communication, but I know it takes a lot of humility as well to walk that out. Oh, totally. And I love everything that you're saying. We're all about being emotionally, mentally, and spiritually healthy, right? And what, like, I know some people who, a lot of people who love the Lord with all their heart, who read scripture, who attend church, and they still struggle with the human experience of emotions and anxiety and depression and what have you, right? Um, depending on how severe it is. I had someone on my Instagram stories this past weekend say, you know, I read my Bible and I still feel sad. Like, I still f- consistently feel sad afterwards and I don't know what's wrong with me. And that's what happens when we make it black or white then we internalize this shame for feeling what we're feeling um when really it's like you know it's it's faith and works right like we still have the human experience that we have to work through including our emotions that god gave for a reason he gave us our emotions right Um, and like you said they're not good or bad they're just indicators they're they're signs and i also love what you said about how we can just bring them to god that's one thing that I think has helped with my faith walk and it being so authentic is just coming honestly to God, you know, with my full self. I think of Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, where he says, let us come boldly to the throne of, to the, the throne. <laughs> let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Like, this idea that God wants us to come boldly and fully to him and give him our full selves, emotions, feelings, all of it, and obtain that mercy and grace for our time of need. (laughs) Um, And that's just what I think of with everything that you said. I, yeah, to piggyback off of you, I almost feel like when we say those things, it's almost in this stuck position. Mm-hmm. And some things came to me when you were saying that, and one is just giving over. Sometimes we, we white knuckle our pain because we identify with our pain and we, it almost becomes our identity. Meaning, you know, when I was white knuckling my unforgiveness with my parents, letting go, meaning processing that and welcoming an invitation for forgiveness, I was like, who am I right without Mm. holding on to this? Mm. And so there's this idea that almost if we were to actually begin to heal and not carry this weight that we're like, what, who am I then? Cause I've only, I've only associated with this abuse or these words or this, you know, person. And then another thing is giving over, but walking through. And the last thing I thought of was receiving the love of the father and the relationship aspect, because we can read the Bible all day long and know the Bible, but not know God. And I think that 
is what's important. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for saying that. And I think, ugh, when thinking about the topic of emotions in the church, right? Like you kind of said it earlier in your intro about how it can just be so black and white. Like I've seen things on Pinterest where it's like, you know, the devil's in your emotions and God is in truth, right? And it's like, not only is that unbiblical, like in nowhere in scripture does it say that the devil is in your emotions, yeah. right? Um, obviously our emotions can, we can act in, you know, unhealthy or destructive ways based off of our emotions, but we can also take those same emotions and look inward and heal. It's what we do with the emotions, right? Not the emotions in and of themselves. And I think what we're talking about really comes down to the cultural uh, perspective we've had on emotions, right? Like this is not a biblical perspective. It's a cultural perspective that we, that we've intertwined with biblical language over time. Um, I was sharing the other day about how we have to realize like in the Western world, there was a very philosophical view of emotions that date back to ancient Greece that really pathologized um, emotions, like saw them as pathological, as like illnesses of the soul. And there was this debate between like feelings and reason as if they couldn't coexist and how that perpetuated just into the church in medieval times and into the culture really all the way up to today. This idea that, you know, emotions are bad and uh, we have to we have to just discipline them. But I agree with you that we are actually more self-disciplined when we are walking in awareness of our emotions. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I always like to say pretty much what you said is that feelings are not a sin, but feelings can lead us to sin. And there's a huge difference. You know, um, do not go down the, do not let the sun go down with your anger. Anger does not produce the righteousness of God. You know, we see these scriptures and it really does paint a picture of when we walk in the flesh, we reap the flesh, meaning we can reap destruction, destruction. And I don't think anybody has to, we don't have to tell anybody that, right? Cause if you're, yeah. if you're yeah. angry or you feel hatred, you know that you're probably just not having a good day and you're probably not happy. So we know that we are reaping of the flesh. That doesn't mean that we're, we're bad people. It means that that's an invitation to continue to be sanctified and become sanctified through his word and through his love. If we could get into this habit of really thinking that this is an invitation to go to the father and say, Hey, I keep walking in hatred or envy or jealousy because those, mm. those are really manifestations of emotions, you know, envy, um, jealousy, hatred of, we feel those things, but I think, you know, emotions are slightly different because they're the, we feel right. it in our body before we feel it, we're aware of it consciously. And so totally I think that. that, you know, for us to also just be okay with taking responsibility for what's happening in, in our mm -hmm. emotions and just saying like, okay, there, there are times that I know that I react before thinking, but mm -hmm. we can also get better in saying, oh, okay, why, why did I react? Why was it so fast? You know, because then there's times where or situations where you kind of got under control a little bit and you can tame your tongue because you've worked in that area to do that. So I, I just wow. look at it as this really this invitation to partner with the Lord and say, oh, there's something in my soul, which is our mind, will and emotion that is really disrupting me from opening the valve between the spirit and the soul so that I can experience it in my body. 
Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, we're going to get right back to the conversation because trust me, I know you'll want to hear the whole thing. But I quickly wanted to share with you this exciting new partnership I have with BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. One of the questions I get asked a lot are how you can go about starting therapy. A number of you are located around the country and even around the world. And as helpful as I often like to be, sometimes I find myself limited in being able to provide the one-on-one resources that you need. Well, I'm happy to say that one option I can share with you today is BetterHelp's online therapy and counseling services with licensed mental health professionals. Since I know a lot of you guys want more faith-based counseling as well, I'm even more excited to share that they also have another service called Faithful Counseling, which has licensed Christian therapists and counselors who are certified by their state, where you can receive licensed counseling using your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. So I use BetterHelp therapy. I've been using it myself, and it's been super convenient, you know, between school, work, and really just having someone to check in with on a regular basis has been so important for my own mental health. So what happens is when you sign up, you'd be matched with a counselor in 24 hours or less, and you can securely message your counselor anytime, any day, you know, day or night, and get replies within 24 to 48 hours. BetterHelp also has group in our sessions every week where you can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety. Uh, I also found out that financial aid is available for those who qualify and you can apply for financial aid during the signup process. Hello. Additionally, listeners of the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast like you get 10% off of their first month using my specific link in the show notes below. And like I said, I know a number of you are around the world. BetterHelp is available worldwide. And if you want to get started and get matched with a counselor within the next 24 hours, I have links to both BetterHelp and Faithful Counseling in the show notes. I should mention that it is not a crisis line, okay? If you are experiencing a crisis, I have a link to all the crisis lines by country in the show notes as well. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Oh, I love something you just said, which is that I'm just going to pull it out. You said basically how emotions invite us to partner with the Lord to really see what's going on inside of us. Um, I think that I think that's uh, such an insightful way to to think about it and a balanced way to think about it as people of faith, as believers. And, you know, you mentioned Ephesians chapter 4, 26, which says, you know, be angry and sin not, let the sun not go down on your on your wrath or on your anger, right? And that verse, I think, is a really good portrayal of how emotions and actions are two different things, right? Like it says, like you can be angry, like there are valid reasons why we have anger. Yeah. But like you said, it's the manifestation of it. It's what we do with it. The anger in itself is not inherently wrong. Um, it's what we feel when someone's violated us, when there's harm, when there's convictions that have been crossed that we need to get in alignment with or maybe need to even protect ourselves, right? Um, yeah. 
but it's 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 what we do with that going further and immediately when you were saying like those automatic reactions it made me think of some encounters that i had had in the past <laughs> where someone's like well i keep it 100 and well this is how i feel right yeah. as like a validation yeah. of acting out and it's like yes what you feel might be true and valid it may have come from a place of hurt and that's totally understandable but we do still have a responsibility for how we um for how we entertain those emotions and how we act out on them and none of us do it perfectly right i am totally not for shaming in that area like none of us do it perfectly but we can get better at it um the more aware that we are yeah i was going to say one of the you were saying some phrases and one phrase that i have a really hard time with i think it's because i used to say this what is well this is just who i am Right, and right. That, that phrase, we like to say that we like to just kind of claim anger and self-righteousness and, you know, all of these different things is, well, this is just who I am. And that doesn't welcome change. That doesn't even welcome growth. Right. You're just saying, well, this is who I am. There's no open door for even healing or different opinions or growth. Or, I mean, to me, when we say that it's really protection. Right. Mm -hmm. It's really this yeah, kind of, yeah, this defense mechanism that comes up that says you're violating a belief and my safety. And so I have to say something to kind of shut myself down, but also shut you out. And I think right. that's why we do that. Oh, so true. Been there. I've been on both sides. Yes. Let's be fair. Yes. <laughs> Let's be fair. Been on both sides. That being said, you talk about a five-step process to help manage emotions when they arise, which I love. I always love practical tips, right? Um, what what are some of those steps that you've noticed and learned that can be help for, helpful for managing these emotions that we're talking about? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I of course don't teach anything that I've never not done myself. If that's never not done, if that's even how you say that, <laughs> but <laughs> for me, it really getting women, I work with women mainly and getting women to this really awareness phase. If I can get them to the awareness phase and this conscious phase of just bringing their yeah. thoughts to the forefront of their mind, because that's when it really is like Play-Doh. We can mold and begin to shift and really take new routes in our, in our brain when we are conscious of what we're thinking about. So the first step is really just acknowledgement. You are just sit, taking a moment to say something's not right because this is where you feel the emotion first. You know, you're going to feel it in your heart. You're going to feel it in your palms. You might feel yeah. it in your stomach. You might just, you, one of your nervous systems are going to kick in. You know, you might go into hypo arousal or hyper arousal. You know, you're going to have a bodily reaction typically before you're even conscious, you know, before the words come out of your mouth. And so if we can get to that acknowledgement phase, the second phase is just identifying what it really is. So this is where we're going to put a name to it, meaning I feel sad. I feel overwhelmed. I'm wrestling with this. And, you know, there's an emotion wheel that some people buy and have on hand that if they have a hard time identifying what it is that they're experiencing, they can look at the wheel and just say, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. And, mm -hmm. you know, in case somebody asks you like, what is it that I'm feeling? Sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper and ask a different question to figure out what it is that is going on. And then the third phase is being able to accept it. This is where you're not trying to change somebody. You're just saying, Hey, 
right now in this moment, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to let my body experience it emotionally, meaning chemically as well. Again, cause this is going to happen on a chemical level in your body through your organs, through your tissues, like your digestion will shut down, like all of this stuff. Cause your body's like gearing up for something and just, you have to let your body experience it and be able to process through it. So when I say acceptance, a lot of times we kind of equate that to identity. Identity is not, you're an angry person. Like that's just not who you are. Yeah. You might have anger uh, reactions, but you're not an angry person. That's not your identity. And I think it's important to differentiate the two. And then number four is what is this emotion telling you? This is where we actually get to do the work and say, why am I reacting? Why am I jealous? Why am I envy? Why was this, you know, why did I yell at my husband or my kids or my friend? Why did I get upset? It's just being curious. And this is where we get to do that identifying and saying, Hey, something's not right. This is that invitation. And then number five is really, you're going to God with this and you're saying, Hey, here's what I feel. What's the truth to what I feel? And this is where, you know, thoughts are conscious at this point and you get to bring truth. You get to bring scripture. You get to really bask in this idea that, okay, you are loved and walk this out. And these steps happen actually really fast. And I go into a lot more detail and imagery in the books that you can kind of understand, but that's kind of a quick synopsis. I love that. And I was just going to say, it's like very similar to the emotional process that I learned (laughs) and mostly in just thinking about ways to implement this, like yeah, it could be a prayer, right? It could be a prayer where you're offering this to God and you're working through it and God show me my emotions and reflecting on truth. Or I know for me, like working through steps like these, there was a lot of journaling involved, especially when I was like in this year of this season of just healing, of a lot of healing. Um, I journaled through a lot of these and the more you get used to the familiarity of journaling through and sorting through those emotions, the, I don't know if I want to say the easier it gets, but the more efficient you kind of get at it. uh, Yep. It becomes more of an automatic process. I, um, I keep thinking about this imagery. I feel like the Lord really gave me is, you know, a boxer trains with his trainer and he gets, Mm -hmm. he learns, he learns how to punch. He learns how to jab. He learns how to step. He learns that with his trainer. It's not until he gets in the ring, do I believe, does he become skilled at the jab, the step, because now he has a, an opponent to really learn. He reads his opponent. He learns that if this person does this, then he can do this. And what he did with his trainer is now magnified because it's under, it's under pressure. And so if we just read our Bible, which is our trainer, but we never get in the ring with anything in our life, meaning we suppress, ignore, (laughs) act as if they don't matter, then we will not get strong in being able Mm -hmm. to take our thoughts captive or casting down the imaginations because it's never been in the ring. But when it gets in the ring, you take everything your trainer taught you, which is this really is just putting the word into action. And now you're able to appropriately fight off the enemy. Cause now you're submitting to God, you're resisting the devil and you're watching him flee. But now he's in the ring though. You're not just ignoring him. You're not acting like it's not happening. You're taking your power and your authority and everything that you learned with your trainer, AKA the word of God. 
and you're putting it into action because now what, what happens when you get in the ring and you fight your opponent, you get stronger. And then you kind of, I think of boxing, you kind of rise the ranks, but it's yeah. not about that in the kingdom, but hopefully that kind of paints a picture of you train privately, but you also have to get in the ring. Yes. And that always sounds better than it feels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I just think about like multiple verses in scripture that talk about how it's God's will for us to grow into maturity. Yes. Right. Yes. Spiritual maturity. And that also involves mental and emotional maturity. And that means dealing with things in honesty and working through them in perseverance. Yes. And so that all comes in line. I also love what you said about the very, the very real visceral experience of emotions and um, just wanted to pull that out really quickly um, because the reality is that our body has automatic, automatic reactions to things and it's oftentimes out of our survival. Like you mentioned earlier, your, there's your nervous system. Also, there's something that we know as an amygdala hijacking from neuroscientist Joseph Ledoux, where, you know, when we are in a, facing something that's a trigger or a threat, our, the fear center of our brain literally activates quicker than our frontal lobes, which is the thinking and reasoning and planning center, because all your body is concerned about is whether you need to fight or flight, whether you need to get out there or defend yourself. And so so our body activates sometimes before we even have the uh, capability to mentally process what's happening. Like that is a physical thing. So this idea of taking a step back, pausing, taking some deep breaths, because it's like my body is activated right now yeah. and I'm, I'm not going to see things clearly. I'm seeing things from a state of fear, you know, or from a state of anger. Let me process it. Let me work through these five steps either in prayer or in journaling or what have you before I respond, before I make a decision. Um, and this is where we're talking about how like this impacts your life, like your interpersonal relationships and your life choices. They could either be intentional or they can be reactive. And those are two completely different types of lives to live. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, even if that five-step process feels overwhelming, just do, I call it like the five-second face-off challenge. When you're, just give yourself a few moments in between the reaction and the trigger and say, mm -hmm. is this going to help or hinder or hurt? So meaning if what I say, is this going to help the situation? Is it going to hinder the situation? Is it going to hurt this person? Because it kind of gives us a little bit of glimpse of reasoning because typically in our emotions, like you said, when the amygdala takes over, we have no reason. We're not thinking clearly to actually mm -hmm. reason what the truth is knowing. Yes, this person really does care about you and love you, but in your emotions, you're like, they don't care about me and they don't want to help me, but right. it kind of no context, <laughs> tunnel vision. Yes. I feel like just being taking the five second, you know, face off challenge with your feelings of just saying, Hey, oh my gosh. Okay. Is this going to help? Is this going to hinder or is it going to hurt? And it gives you that ability to just pause and ask yourself that question and then being able to then respond and you can respond appropriately. Amen. You know, we talk a lot about 
renewing your mind and taking your thoughts captive. And these can be very abstract things. So I appreciate people like yourself um, and, you know, conversations like this where we talk about the practical side, the real side, because that is real. You can love the Lord your God and read scripture and you're still a human being and a human experience. And we need these practical insights on how we guide our real lives and interactions. So thank you so much for your time, Jessica. How can those who are listening who just want to continue to follow along with conversations like this, which you talk about, how can they stay connected with you? Yeah, you can grab my new book at jessicahuddle.com. It's called Face Off With Your Feelings. And, or you can just come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm Jessica Huddle everywhere. Like I have Facebook. I do hang out there, but usually Instagram is kind of my jam. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and we did a podcast together on her podcast as well. Yes. Oh, so excited for people to hear it. So we've got some good stuff going. Well, thanks so much. And thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to leave a review uh, below and let us know what else you want to hear. Until next time. <laughs>